Hi, CV. Welcome to another episode of Challenge Talk. I'm your host, Alexa Riley, and in this meditative episode, we'll be discussing mindfulness with wellness counselor, Mrs. McDougall. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Talent Talk. Hi, Mrs. McDougall. Welcome to the Talent Talk. Hi, Alexis. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about mindfulness and wellness, because I know you do um, like Wellness Wednesdays, mm-hmm. which I think are really insightful. Thank you. So I'd just like to start off with like things that might negatively affect like our mental, physical, and spiritual health and how we can maybe shift them into positives in order to help our lives. Okay. So, uh, okay. So as a teacher, what are some negative behaviors or limiting beliefs that you've encountered that negatively affect students' lives? And what do you believe these factors stem from? Okay. So I'm kind of hearing two things. So negative behaviors and then limiting beliefs, you yes. said? Okay. So negative behaviors could be things that we do every day, like not getting enough sleep, um, not eating well. Um, It could be not exercising, not taking good care of our bodies, that kind of thing. It could be the negative people that we kind of have around us or people, not so much negative people, but maybe negative comments that others say or unhealthy relationships, that that kind of thing. Um, But then limiting beliefs could be, sometimes I call it like the little stinking thinking monster that just lives in our heads sometimes and really leaning into the comments that it might share with us. We all kind of have that little monster. But sometimes if we really listen to the negative thoughts about ourselves or maybe their negative thoughts are negative things that others have said about us that we hold to be true. And the more we lean into it, the bigger that monster gets and it can really get in the way of us making certain choices that are good for us or taking healthy risks or even just trying our best on any given day. Um, Yeah, it could be like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, this isn't going to work out for me. They don't like me. Those kind of thoughts that, that we have from time to time. Um, and like I said, everyone has them. And when we lean into them, then it affects how we interact with people, how we um, show up to school or a test or how we prepare or how hard we try for an audition or a tryout or something like that. If we don't think we can do it, we probably won't do it very well, right? Because we've already gotten in our own way. Um, did that answer your question? Yes. Okay. <laughs> can we lean away from them? Or how would you suggest we work on fighting the monster? We can definitely lean away from them. Um, and by doing so, or we can do so by noticing when we have those negative thoughts, just recognizing it as a thought and not something that's necessarily true. Um, and then fighting that thought with what is actually true. So like, for example, if the negative thought is, you know, my friends don't really like me, we can fight that thought by looking at all the times when our friends have demonstrated that they like us, that they care about us. Or if we think, I'm not smart enough, we think about times when we have been successful academically or you know, um, been able to answer a question well in class, even if we don't say it out loud, if we knew it in our head. Or, um, you know, or it could be, you know, I'm not going to do well on this test. Okay, well, if I feel like I'm not going to do well on the test, what can I do to avoid that? Maybe I'll go talk to my teacher. Maybe I'll, you know, take some extra time with my homework. Maybe I'll start a study group with my friends. Like finding ways to to intentionally counteract that thought is how we lean away from it. But it starts with recognizing that we're having that negative thought. Um, I'd also like to ask a question about self-care. How can we be intentional with self-care? Like, how can we intentionally incorporate that into aspects of our daily lives? Okay. 
That's a great question. Um, you know, because sometimes we, we engage in self-care just kind of automatically, like we get up in the morning, we brush our teeth, take a shower, stuff like that. Um, but we can be more intentional about it by even like maybe even using our device as a reminder, like, okay, at this time, a reminder pops up to turn off your device for an hour or a reminder pops up to, you know, take some time to just sit quietly and maybe meditate or draw or write or do something that you enjoy. Um, maybe we ask our friends to help us remember those things that we find important and say like, hey, have you, you know, taken some time to like just, you know, do your favorite thing today, whatever it might be. And we ask our, ask each other, like, are you doing this? Are you, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Um, I'm a big fan of reminders, like even little post-it notes around just to remind yourself of those things that are important to you. And then making a list for yourself of those self-care things that you can do. And this is going to sound silly, but it could be something as simple as like, I really love the scent of lavender. So I have lavender lotion in my in my office. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to put some lotion on my hands. And I just love the scent of it. Like So keeping something with you that you enjoy, that's comforting, um, or just a, a moment of taking care of yourself. And the reason I like the lotion, this is again silly, but it's because it's super simple, but it's um, a, a brief self-care moment that I can take throughout the day. Yeah, it helps you stay grounded. It helps me stay grounded, absolutely. And it helps me remember that I need to take care of myself too. You know, there might be for you, it might be, you know, sometimes I notice students come in and they have like one AirPod in their ears. And I know sometimes teachers don't particularly like that, but it's a reminder of maybe music is part of their self-care. And it's like, you already have it right there. Maybe you'll take a moment and listen to some, you know, a song you like or a piece of music that you enjoy between classes or, and with that um, example, it makes me think that some students really, um, don't particularly like passing period because there's so many students and parts of the campus. And so maybe listening to a little music as you're making your way through the sea of students might help some them to feel more grounded and more at peace when they're going through a stressful moment. And so little things like that, little things that can help you to just, you know, um, feel a bit more relaxed, a bit more calm, a bit more uh, tuned in. Those are all good things. Yeah, I, I think that music is really powerful. It helps me a lot, especially when I'm going through the halls. And like you said, it's like really loud out there. Yeah. And you just like popping like a little bit of music in your AirPods. It really does help. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're listening to like soothing music or even like high energy. It just, it puts mm -hmm. you in like different types of moods. Definitely, definitely. Oh, and I do like that you brought up meditation earlier because that is my next question. Right on. So can meditation be used to improve our mental and spiritual well-being? Oh, I totally think so. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, I find for myself... I notice a difference on those days I meditate versus the days that I don't. I, I find that I'm more patient when I meditate. I just, I feel more grounded. Um, I feel like my mind is a bit more clear on those days that I meditate. Um, however, like if someone is newly starting a practice of meditation, that is an intentional moment of self-care too. And um, even if you don't, reap a benefit from the meditation itself immediately and it does take time it's not magic but taking some time even just three minutes five minutes to meditate that's time you spent taking care of yourself and that sets the tone of i'm important enough to take this time 
I matter. And those kind of gestures can also help lean away from those negative thoughts too, right? So the more we intentionally take care of ourselves and value ourselves, the easier it is to not listen to the negative thoughts, right? We won't believe them as as readily. Would you mind walking us through just like a like a brief meditation outline? Because I know a lot of students when they hear meditation, they think, oh, I just sit there in silence, and they don't necessarily know what to do with it. Sure. You know, I'm, there's lots of different ways to meditate. Some people think that that's not necessarily true. Some people are like, no, no, you need to sit quietly and have a focus and meditate. And that is like traditionally meditation. So like you find a comfortable seat, you sit with your spine straight, but comfortably, and then you focus on one thing, whether it's your breathing or the flickering of a candle or a sound like om or whatever that one thing is, and then you put your attention into that. And when your mind wanders, you notice when it wanders and you bring it back. And then you can set a timer for however long you wanna do that or until you just feel like, okay, that's enough. That's one way to, to meditate. Another way could be like taking a walk through a park where you just notice how it feels for your feet to hit the, the earth as you're going. You might notice the sights and sounds and smells around you. You're focusing in on your senses. That's meditative as well. You can meditate while washing the dishes and just kind of notice how the water sounds as it hits the dishes or um, how it feels to have the water on your hands and the soap and that kind of thing. Or even meditating while you're brushing your teeth. This might sound silly too, but if you're just really focusing in on the act of brushing your teeth, how it feels to have the toothbrush against your teeth, the taste of the toothpaste, if you're really focusing in on that and you know, not focusing in on other thoughts that might bubble up at the time, that too is meditative. Um, so if you're starting a meditation practice, it might be easier, quote unquote easier, to start with a sitting practice where you're, you're actually like in a chair, on a cushion, try to have as little distractions around you as possible, and then you're focusing in on your breathing, like each inhale and exhale. Um, and sometimes it's helpful to have, to give your mind something to anchor to. So like, for example, if you're focusing on your breathing, you might take, you know, each breath is, you count one with the inhale and exhale, two with the second one and so on until 10, and then start over again once you get to 10, start back at one. And then if you find that you've, you know, your mind has wandered, which it will, our minds wander. It doesn't mean you're meditating wrong. They're going to wander. So just so you know, when you notice your mind has wandered, Start back again at one, and then again, one through 10, and start over until you're, you've had enough or your timer goes off. Yeah. yeah, I think that breathing exercises are essential to as well to many forms of self-care mm -hmm. because they just help us like release like all anxiety and pressure and stuff like that. Absolutely. And it's, it always brings us present when we focus in on our breathing. We're not focusing in on what's going to happen next or what's happened in the past. It's, it, we can only breathe in the present. So yeah. it immediately does that for us, which is nice. And then I also like to talk about yoga and exercise. Mm -hmm. So could we use yoga and other forms of exercise in order to improve our mental health? Definitely. Again, it's intentional self-care, right? When we exercise. And then it also can bring us very present, right? So if we're... We're exercising. Of course, again, our minds wander and they're wild and free and they're gonna do whatever they want to. But when we are in the act of exercising, whether it's yoga, 
or any form of exercise, there's an opportunity to really focus in on our movements and our breath, right? So if you're running, there's the, the movement of your whole body, and then obviously we're breathing as we're running too. So if we're focusing in on that, it can be meditative. Um, same with yoga. A lot of the yoga moves are one move, one breath, which in and of itself can be very meditative. Um, but then also exercise is an excellent way to relieve stress. It helps us sleep better. You know, um, it helps to regulate our um, uh, metabolism, which is good. Uh, encourages us to drink more water because we're thirsty after. I mean, there's so many benefits to exercise. So if, you know, I was gonna say if possible, incorporate exercise into your life, but it's, it's necessary. So it's not like an if thing, it's a sort of a must. Yeah. Do you practice meditative yoga? Like I know yoga is meditative in nature, but mm-hmm. do you just do you do yoga often? I, I try to do yoga every morning. Um, and I, again, like with meditation, I notice a difference when I don't. But I I prefer vinyasa yoga, which is one movement, one breath, and by nature it's very meditative. And so I I my intention is to focus on each movement and each breath. But like I mentioned, your minds wander, and sometimes I find myself going through a whole like sun salutation, and I'm like, I, what did I even do? I was busy thinking about the day. So if I have time, I start over again. Or if not, then I just have to show myself some grace and say, okay, well, my mind's kind of cluttered today, and then tomorrow I'll try again. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And another question: Do you mm-hmm. feel like uh, like a routine, or just kind of? like a daily routine or just like a, you know, like do whatever you want? Do you think that, which one do you think would be better for a mental health or does it vary from person to person? It probably varies from person to person, but for me, I found that a routine is best because um, it's just, it becomes part of my day. It's something that I make space for um, and I'm more likely to be consistent with it when it's, when there's um, a routine when I've made adjusted my schedule to make it work. Um, for some, maybe their day is, has a bit more space in it and they can throw it in whenever. And if they've made that commitment to themselves, then I'm sure they will. But I think a uh, routine is probably best. Our brains like routine too. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're more likely to make a habit out of something if it's a routine. Yeah, a habit. Mm-hmm. What do you think are like essential habits of you can say someone who takes care of their mental health or like essential qualities of someone who is present and intentional with everything that they do? That's a great question. Um, I think self-compassion is a huge one. And by that, I mean, it's not like self-esteem where like our self-esteem kind of is like a roller coaster. If we do really well on a test, hey, we're feeling great. If we don't, it's like, oh, you know, or if we're getting along great with our friends, we feel great. But when we're having a bumpy patch, we feel not so great. But self-compassion is consistent all the time. And that is treating ourselves like we would treat a close friend. And it becomes even more um, necessary and helpful during those bumpy patches, right? Yeah. So like if, let's say, didn't do so well on a test, you know, if we're not being self-compassionate, we might beat ourselves up about it. Like, oh, you know, it's, I, I knew this was going to happen. I'm just not smart enough or blah, 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 all the things. If we're self-compassionate, we 
use different language. We yeah. focus differently. Like we would never say to a friend, like, well, that's because you're stupid. That's why you pass, you flunked your test. Never would we say that, but yeah. we might say that to ourselves, right? But with, to a friend, we might say, you know what? It's okay. There's always more tests. Maybe you can do a retake. You know, we'll study, study harder next time. Maybe talk to the teacher, figure out what you missed. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And so when we're able to do that to ourselves, we can handle pretty much anything that life throws at us. Yeah. You know? We allow ourselves room for failure. Right. We allow ourselves room for failure because we're humans. Like, part of being a human includes some suffering. That's yes. just part of how it goes. And the more we're able to just recognize that, that this is just something that all humans go through. It's not unique to, to me because I'm in pain right now and I can get through this. You know, if we have that kind of, we remind ourselves that. And I mean, we're not necessarily going to live in that space all the time. It'd be great if we did. But hopefully, you know, with practice of self-compassion, it becomes more of a go-to than being negative towards ourselves. You know, and another thing I think is being able to express ourselves, whether it's to, you know, one or more people that we trust, or even in a journal, being able to write out how we're feeling, what our thoughts are. It validates, you know, what we're thinking and how we're feeling. Yeah. Um, and it can sometimes help us through times when maybe our, th- our thinking is kind of looping. Because um, typically when we journal, we don't repeat the same thing over and over again. But in our heads, we can do that. Um, and that's not always helpful. Uh, or reaching out and talking to someone that we trust that can help too because they can help us you know potentially process what we're thinking or where our challenge might be and asking for help when we need it i think is an important quality of someone who takes good care of their mental health and not feeling like they have to you know overcome all hurdles mm-hmm. by themselves nobody can overcome all obstacles by themselves yeah. it's just humans are pack animals we need each other and when we are um, faced with a struggle that's when we can reach out yeah so as someone who acknowledges like um, themselves like failure and, and their own accomplishments mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah i think yeah that sounds very great well thank you for coming on this podcast you're today. welcome thanks for fun. asking i had a good time too <laughs> anytime thank you so much Mrs. you're so welcome <laughs> All right, Falcons, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talent Talk. I hope that we all continue to promote healthy habits and attitudes on and off campus. Have a great Christmas break, CV.